I'm Kristen. And I'm Serena. And this is Oi with the Coffee Already. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 24, where we talk about the movie 1917. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, this movie is, um, it's a rather impressive movie. It's a very impressive. <laughs> it is. It's definitely um. one of those that's, uh, uh, it's just done so differently and it's done so well. And a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of World War One movies out there. There's some, but I don't think they focus on battles and things right. like that the way this one does. And, right. Um, but, yeah. It's it's quite the movie. Um, I guess I know you've got a ton. This one's definitely this was the one that you really wanted to do, which I was totally happy to do because it is a great movie. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. So, so I... you're the one with all the info today, and so, which means I get <laughs> I to just hang out and relax after I tell everybody yes. all the uh, cast information and everything. So definitely. Um, so this movie was released in 2019. It was directed and written by Sam Mendez. Sam Mendez also went on to direct Skyfall, Road to Perdition, and Revolutionary Road. Mm-hmm. So the cast is fairly large, but there's a lot of people you don't see for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked some of the ones that were names that people would recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously our two main guys, there's Dean Charles Chapman, and he played Lance Corporal Blake. And he was also in Game of Thrones, uh, The King, and Before I Go to Sleep. And for those of you who are a Game of Thrones fan, this guy played Tomlin. Yes. I believe that's how you say it. Yeah, Tomlin. Uh-huh. Um, who was Joffrey's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, when I saw that, I was like, no way, it's little Tomlin. Who, <laughs> I don't know, I could do a Game of Thrones spoiler, but right. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, George McKay played Lance Corporal Schofield. Mm-hmm. He's also in Captain Fantastic, Peter Pan, and Ophelia. Uh, Daniel Mays plays Sergeant Sanders, who's also in The Bank Job and Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Firth plays General Aaron Moore, and he's also in King's Speech, Kingsman, Bridget Jones' Diary, Love Actually, among so many others. <laughs> Everything. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. It's Colin Firth. You don't know who Colin Firth is by now. You're not paying attention. No. Uh, <laughs> then we've got Mark Strong, who plays Captain Smith. Uh, he's also in The Kingsman, Zero Dark Thirty, and Robin Hood. That's the one with, uh, uh, it's a Ridley, the Ridley Scott version, which I actually really Is it like Russell Crowe? Yes, Russell yes. Crowe. Of course it's yeah. Russell Crowe. Right. It's Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe, they're like attached at the hip. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, that Robin Hood version is probably one of my favorite versions. Yes, it's, it's amazing. It's so, good. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. Um. Then we have Benedict Cumberbatch plays Colonel McKenzie, and he's also in Star Trek Into Darkness, Doctor Strange, The Grinch. It's that new animated one, which I was, I was like, I'll throw that one in. I love that And then that he's one. also Sherlock. It's adorable. It's, it's so our favorite. We, I, I total sidetrack, but we watch that one all the time. The kids it's love it. So I cute. love it. It's so good. <laughs> Anyways. And then, <laughs> lastly, we have Richard Madden, who plays Lieutenant Joseph Blake. Um, he's also in Game of Thrones as Rob Stark, and mm-hmm. then he's also in Cinderella, which I love him in Cinderella. Yes. It's that um, live-action one that uh-huh. Disney did. Yeah. Rocket Man and The Take. So there are others, um, but the way this movie is set up, obviously, for those who don't know, this is all shot to look as though it was done in one single take. Yes. Um, and so, like... It goes in real time, so as they're walking and moving, they're passing by people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they interact with them much in the same way you would interact with another person during your day. Yeah. Things so like they that. don't so ever not... go back. <laughs> right. There's no going back and revisiting that person. It's Mm-mm. always, it's a constant forward motion. It's a once and um, <laughs> I Yeah, right. Uh, so I was going to put in the French woman, but I went and skipped it. She didn't look like she'd really done anything before. Uh-huh. Um, the one with the baby. Right. But, um, so, but I went ahead and just kind of skipped it just because, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, so, um, as we said earlier, this movie uh, is, it's not an event that happened, if I remember correctly, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Serena, but it's not an actual event that happened, 
but based upon things that did happen within World War One. So it's not any yes. specific battle. It's not a specific moment. These are not real specific people. Um, yes except, and no. I will yeah, go, I'll go into that a little bit more. Um, right. But it's not like these no. are real events that happen with real people is what I'm saying. It's, it's all based off things, accumulative of things that happen, I suppose. If I'm right. Um, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> okay. I'll go so, into it a little bit more. <laughs> right. But basically, in this film, the bottom line is you have Lance Corporal Blake and Lance Corporal Schofield. Mm-hmm. They are tasked with getting information to um, a line of British soldiers. Yeah. Who... Um, couldn't yes. I just really quick, though, before we go into that, just because it does kind of explain, like, where the storyline came from. Um, I just want to throw in really quick with the, before we kind of go deep into the movie. Um, uh-huh. so the director who is also the writer of the movie, <laughs> um, Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes, he, it's actually stories from his grandfather. So mm-hmm. his grandfather, Alfred Hubert Mendes, he fought in the first world war. Um, so Sam Mendes, the director, he based his screenplay from fragments of stories that were told from his grandfather to him. So his father, his grandfather went to war in 1917. He was actually a messenger for the front lines. Okay. Um, he was given the job of carrying a message from post to post because he was five, four and the mist and the mist on no man's land hung at five and a half feet. So crazy. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. So he could go through and not be seen. So that is a huge part of why, like, he made this story. And so, um, you know, so yeah. So anyway, so it was just, it was, so it may not have been like a huge historical moment, um, but it is kind of based off of like personal um, well, not his personal, but you but know, like it is a soldier's personal memoir, yes, basically. Yeah. yeah, and so, um, that was something that he just he really wanted to do. Um, he really he had been like basically sitting on this screenplay for such a long time. Um, he does have a co writer, um, that also writes with him, um, mm-hmm. but. And even she said, you know, that just a lot of what you see in this film is um, stories that were told from his grandfather and stuff, which um, is pretty cool, actually. I really liked that. I really liked how um, I liked how he kind of took his grandfather's stories and made them somewhat of like a reality <laughs> yeah um, you know so um but yeah as you mentioned earlier there it is filmed to be like it's one continuous shot and i mean so i own the dvd uh or dvd blu-ray whatever you want to call it whatever you want to call it <laughs> um and so they have a ton of special features so I highly recommend if anybody owns this movie, I definitely recommend going through and really looking or watching them. Um, they're a little over, I wouldn't say about an hour long, like all of them. Cause I think there's like four mm-hmm. or five different like um, segments and they really go into the technicalities of how they made this movie because it was one of the like, first movies that has attempted I think their longest like shot of uh-huh. a continuous shot was at like eight and a half minutes which is That's crazy. insane <laughs> and there's their shortest I think they said was about 30 seconds um huh. but yeah their longest was eight and a half minutes long which is pretty intense, <clears throat> That's intense. excuse me sorry um because they literally have to map out exactly where they're going from point a to point b from point b Mm -hmm. to point c like on and on you know yeah it's it was crazy and um and 
for Sam Mendes, for the director, he really wanted to make you feel as though you were in the trenches with mm-hmm. these men, which I think he captivates like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you... So I did, I, I did want to talk about just kind of the overall, what the whole purpose of this, I mean, not the purpose, but what the storyline is. Of this yeah, one. definitely. Uh, so these two men are tasked with taking a message to a different section of um, British soldiers and they are tasked from the general to tell them to stand down because the Germans know about their attack and mm-hmm. so because the Germans know they're able to prepare and therefore these soldiers will not make it mm-hmm. um, so they are tasked with getting there within I think it's like 12 hours or 24 like less than 24 hours they've got to get yeah, there they, yeah they before the first foot. wave goes out <laughs> yeah and they've got to do it on foot and so they have to get out there uh, and they tasked Lance Corporal Blake to do this because his brother, Lieutenant Joseph Blake, is mm-hmm. part is um, in within this group. The first wave, save. yeah, yeah, that first wave. So, mm-hmm. um, so they end up, you know, so you you spend the entire time following these guys through to mm-hmm. their on their task, and so uh, you know that means through the trenches, climbing out of the trenches, seeing the dead man zone the yes you know and continuing on and i gotta say that i remember the first time i walked out like when i first watched this i'm so there's they get out of the trenches and they think they're like they are pretty sure they're gonna get out of these trenches and then get shot in the head and within five minutes mm-hmm. um so they they're you know but they come out and there's no one there however war has happened and i my only thought was Whoever is their set designer and prop master deserves a friggin' medal. Oh, like, yes. They should be getting every single kind of an award you can possibly give to someone like that. Yep. Because it is... It's it's something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I have some info on that, too, that I'll talk about um, later. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It it is and it's it's crazy. So I had seen this movie in IMAX and I had gone to see it with my husband and two of my friends and all four of us walked out of that theater and all of us were like I I'm just exhausted. Like we were we felt like we went on the journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um yeah, anyways, it's it's a really impressive movie. And it's worth the watch. If, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. There is also, Serena was talking about special features on the DVD. There is one, uh, it's 50 minutes long, and it's on Amazon Prime. And it is available for Prime members. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called, I had it, it's 1917 The Real Story. Mm-hmm. So, I know that you... Oh, and one more thing before Serena starts on this, because... I know she's dying to get into this. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, World War One lasted from July 28th, 1914 to November 11th, 1918. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this yeah, war it... was fought more than 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy to think that it was 100 years ago. It seems so far and so close at the same time. And then when you think about the people who fought during that war are what i think there's very few or maybe no one around i believe possibly no one i know yeah i'm otherwise it's like under 20 of them are still left yeah that's crazy 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 yeah um but yeah so that's cool yeah (laughs) um i don't know if you're ready for me to go for it (laughs) um okay so did go through a little bit and talk about like where the story is based off of, um, which is from the director and his tellings from his grandfather and stuff. Um, to kind of go a little more into, I don't want to necessarily do like a making of, but to kind of explain because this was meant to look like one continuous shot obviously it's not all one continuous shot they did have to cut and do certain things um but a lot of what they did is stuff that they haven't 
either done before or it has a or it's it, it's just new new um like camera techniques and stuff so um one of the things is they used a and it's called Ari um and it's one of the smallest cameras out there of its kind but it gives you the best quality image on digital film but it's this like tiny little camera which is so crazy because um again if you do own it and you do want to watch the special features they do definitely go into it a little bit more mm-hmm. about the camera tech or the, that type of camera but they did say that that was one of the first films that it's ever been used on so really cool um and they do kind of show you like what it is and how they do it and stuff because they do a lot of um where they string it along like on like a line and to really make you feel like you're in there with them so um a couple different camera techniques that they use is um at some point the depending on where you are in the film um you can have the camera on a technocrane uh cam that is Mm -hmm. like booming in and and all that stuff so you get like those up close like you know um, like the really intense shots? yeah like really intense like scenes where you're like oh my god like there's a lot of stuff going on you know um <clears throat> and then they also have a they also have a uh steady cam um mm-hmm. or it's on a trinity or it's on a handheld gimbal called a stable eye so those are a couple of the different camera techniques that they use throughout the movie it just depends on where you're at in the film um but watching these people go from literally running with the camera to like keep up with the actor to then like placing it on like after running with them they place it on this arm and then uh-huh. they hop onto a jeep and then like the jeep starts running you know or starts going in front of the actor so it's like you have them running behind the actor and then you see them moving in front of the actor and it's like one smooth continuous shot and it's crazy Um, yeah because i was watching something so i know like generally for so for a lot of the times when people filming normal movies when you have um when you have the cameraman when you have the Mm -hmm. cameraman moving the camera's usually on like a railroad track and so then they'll move you know forward or backward Mm -hmm. following the actor well when you watch this movie there's no railroad track because you see them walking in the in the trenches like right on the ground and mm-hmm. they're just walking in front or behind the actors yes and it's very clear there isn't one so i was like i was watching that i was like okay and i do know about like the steady cam like mm-hmm. those i've i've heard of mm-hmm. um i was like this there's no way this can all be done with a steady cam so the mm-hmm. when you're talking about that small camera on the string i was like oh that would make sense for so you know, you know when things and right so you know when they first get over and before they head out there um oh my god leslie I, what's his name i think it was commander leslie or colonel leslie um in the very beginning and he he you know takes them to where they need to go and he's like okay uh-huh. good luck like telling them like um, right. and so when he tells them to watch out for the craters because they look deeper than they are so and they get into the crater um and they're going around it that scene where you see the camera going over the water um uh-huh. is um i want to say that's where they use the ari um like the small mm-hmm. camera where it's literally on a line and it's just hovering like above the water as it's going like that's and, so crazy and, yeah it's nuts yeah. um but yeah they actually when they are in the trenches they came up with a new technique called the dragonfly and it's where mm-hmm. the cameraman could actually be down there and running like behind the actors or in front of the actors. Um, and so you could, I mean, you're literally in the trenches with them That's as so they're crazy. running and it's nuts. <laughs> like I said, it's just, it's crazy. Cause you, obviously you see your point of the view when you're watching the movie, but then, you know, when they're doing like the behind the scenes stuff, like you see, the cameraman he's got this massive setup just strapped onto him and then 
he has like a person behind him that's guiding him because right. he can't Talk about see. A workout from hell. <laughs> Seriously. Um but yeah, so it was just really cool. Um it was just really cool to see all the different um behind the scenes like camera like especially the camera work because that is such a huge part and obviously mm-hmm. this isn't I mean nope. yes it's meant to be mm-hmm. like we've said a million times that it's meant to be one continuous shot but obviously it's impossible to <laughs> have it, it is yeah no. um but they do make it to where there are certain scenes whether if it's a blackout scene or to try um and take their cuts that's usually when they take their cuts is when because uh, there's one scene where uh lieutenant schofield he does fall um mm-hmm. uh down the stairs because he gets shot yes. at <laughs> and yeah. um and so that blackout scene is actually one of the like cutout scenes i mean i'm sure there's more in there but that's uh I guess a more noticeable one, if you will. I think that's like the only real noticeable one. Yeah, it is. I, and that was all the other the ones. <laughs> like, I remember that. So this last time I watched it, I mm-hmm. tried to like pick out to right. see where I could find <laughs> other cuts because like I had heard like when they go behind certain things, like mm-hmm. when the camera cuts, when there's something between the camera and the actor mm-hmm. is usually where they'll make a cut. cut but yeah. those are so fast. And I'm like, it can't be that. Like, you can't like, even tell. <laughs> we can't tell. And the other thing, too, is sometimes the actors will keep talking. Uh-huh. And so then it's like, well, no, like, it can't be that. Right. Like, <laughs> That's and, how amazing um, they did it. <laughs> they did. I do have a one question. I don't uh-huh. know if you could answer this. And if you can't, if you can't, then we'll look it up. But yeah. um, so generally sound for films is done with you know, boom mics and things like that. Did mm-hmm. they have people walking with boom mics? How did they, like, how did you they do sound? What? Did the cameras pick it up? Did I like, believe they did? Um, because looking, I actually, if I remember correctly, I didn't see a whole lot of boom mics. Um, I know, um, I mean, I'm sure they did at certain points, but I actually don't really know. Um. During a lot of the filming, I didn't see, um, like when they, when they were right. doing, like they're behind the scenes. So I didn't the, see a whole I lot. I mean, so. a thought would be because they are wearing full gear. These mm-hmm. guys are wearing complete and total gear. You could probably get away with hiding a mic. Uh, probably. <laughs> you could probably get away with hiding a mic, which <laughs> yeah. maybe that's how they did it. Is they're mm-hmm. like the only way we can do this is we can hide a mic. I mean, you can make a pretty, you can make mics pretty small. Right. The only thing is you're going to pick up other sound, like the clothing and things like that, but right. that can generally get, you know, in post that can get removed. But, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that'd be the only thing it. I'd be curious about to see how they picked up sound unless, like, you have your phone and when you record video, there's already mm-hmm. that mic that's picking up right. sound and it does a pretty damn good job. So, yes. I don't know if maybe these cameras in general are just, but then you still have the sound of the Everything poor camera else. guy running and walking right. and <laughs> Puffing and puffing. <laughs> I know. Um, actually, I'm not too sure, but I will definitely find um, find that out because I like yeah. there was no mention of that actually at all about the sound, other than like the score, like the music and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they did have to. Um, I had mentioned earlier that they did use. That they had to like map out like where they were going and stuff. Um, so they mm-hmm. use like sticker tape in the very beginning as markers to map out where certain scenes were going to be and how long they would be, so that way they could keep rolling, um, to try and take as minimal like cuts as possible. Um, and mm-hmm. so they actually built over a mile long of trenches. So they went in and built that trench that you see, <laughs> which yeah, I. I did hear that too. And that's bananas. Yeah. It's insane. So everything that you see minus the part where he crosses the bridge to get into, um, oh my gosh, it starts with an E and I can't, acoust, there you go. Acoust. So the part where you see him cross into there, like after he gets dropped off, um, uh-huh. 
that's the only part that they well not the only part because then there's obviously the river scene and all that stuff too mm-hmm. but for the most part up until the barn that's you know because they had to go so they went through the trenches he went through no man's land um and then went through the area with the um cherry blossom trees and then yes. so all of that they had to build they had to set up um yeah watching the art department do their thing <laughs> with oh that God. barn i mean they did a lot i mean because then even right. when you get into a coost it's like holy shit like they made this town look just decimated you know but yeah like you see the barn and you see like it's I don't know it's just mind-blowing I was just sitting there watching it with Travis and I was just like like that looks like it what has been there for years and years and years (laughs) to know that they just built this and it looks this good but you know what I mean? I don't know. Anyways, well, it's you know just... what it reminds me of is the Kate Winslet's cottage in The Holiday. Right. Where you look at it and you're like, oh, it's so cute. It's probably been there for ages. No. It, it was literally just built. Like, it's just exactly. the thing they built. And, like, it's so crazy. Like, you, you hear about yes. these, this art, you know, these art departments. They're so good at their job. It's like, yes. damn. It's like, what a, what, like, a skill level to literally. have. You know, like, oh and my you God, don't, it's so crazy. And you, because like, I, I mean, and there's their scenery, their, where the, their location, where they are at is just so perfect, you know, where mm-hmm. you could easily sit there and be like, yeah, like this, like, there's no way that was just built, you know, like that has been there for a long time. Like you guys are lying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so yeah, so as we mentioned earlier, they never repeat a location. So once you see that location, they leave it, they never go back to it. Um mm-hmm. so you don't see repeating characters either other than our two like main characters. <laughs> right. Um, the ones you follow. <clears throat> right, the ones you're following. Um and they also said that weather weather had a huge play in this movie. Um they said that they Whenever weather didn't, like, cooperate, so if it was too mm-hmm. sunny out, they would just rehearse all day. And, okay. um, which the actors said that that was kind of a, a blessing to them at the same time, because it really mm-hmm. gave them a chance to make this story feel, like, second nature to them. Like, they well, were so immersed in their characters mm-hmm. that even, um... The actor who plays um, Blake, uh, Lieutenant Blake, uh-huh. he, he, when you watch him and, and he talks about this movie, he's just, he says, he's like, I've never had a character. He's been acting since the age of four, which is That's insane. <laughs> but he said, he goes, I've never had a character that I have literally had to, as soon as they yell, like, cut, it's like. I come out of like this trance and, and I, you know, become like myself again, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you're so attached to this character. You, you know, want to know their story. You want to know who they are. You want to give them this, you know, this life. <laughs> right. And, well, I would um, think like, if you've got all this rehearsal time, it kind of takes away some things out of your brain. So right. like, if you're rehearsing on where you're going, and your body movement, where you're going, who you're talking to, mm-hmm. having that rehearsal to make it second nature that, oh, when I am here, these lines are said, you know, at this pace. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not like, wait, where am I? Where, you know, because a lot of times when our brains are learning and memorizing things, mm-hmm. the vast majority of people do better if there's movement attached to words. Right. And so when you have certain movements attached to phrases, words, etc., um, everything else definitely kind of comes together and it really helps and works out. And so having that extra rehearsal time, you're like, okay, while I'm moving, I'm not sitting here spending time looking at these set pieces that are right. done so well. In fact, that apparently uh, production staff, where they filmed this, they had to post signs warning walkers in the area <laughs> to not be alarmed by the bodies strewn about. Yes. So like, <laughs> you have a set, but like, 
you know that first scene on um was it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder version uh-huh. where all the kids come in and they see the factory for the mm-hmm. first time? You don't want that from your actors. You don't want them not for this at least. You don't right. want them coming on and look like giving that like gasp and look. You want them to do their right, rehearsed like, job. Like this is something that they've been living this for the last, you know, because right. what it's nineteen seventeen, the war started in nineteen fourteen. So this war has right, been going so on three for three years already. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so yeah, so they are it's supposed to be like this is home. You know, unfortunately, yeah. like they haven't been home in like two years or something. And yeah, and so, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the actors did say that it took uh, six months for them to rehearse the movie before they even started shooting, which is I believe it crazy. I think I remember reading that too, seeing so. the, or seeing that. And yeah, six months. Yeah, the six months of rehearsal because yeah, all the movement so, where they had to go. Interesting little fact about. Uh, the actor Dean Charles Chapman. So when he gets stabbed, uh, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> um, this look, guys, <laughs> it's all spoiler. They're all spoilers. <laughs> um, so when he gets stabbed and he, as he's bleeding out to death, his face gets paler and paler. Which yeah, how they do that? I meant to ask about that. Okay, so actually, it was no. There was absolutely no post-production work done to achieve this effect. This was all on his own. He did did that. that? I have no idea, but he did it. Him, himself, the actor, was able to make himself look like he was dead. (laughs) But how? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, I I have so many unanswered (laughs) questions. I know. I first want to know how. That's that's my big one. My yeah. second big question is how he managed to find out he had this skill. What right. possessed him to think, <laughs> I got this. I can do this. I can make myself look really, really pale. I can so, make myself look like I'm dead. Right. How did you discover this? Yeah, right. Like I have questions. Oh, yes. I no, I know. Answers. Yeah, no. He, he doesn't explain it. Um he doesn't explain he just that's something that he knows how to do it's <laughs> freaking bananas that whole scene so like my husband and i have talked about that scene so prior to him getting stabbed there's they the two guys they see a dog fight which you know the planes flying right around. right um and this guy will a german plane get shot down and so as it's at that barn serena was talking about and mm-hmm. so as it comes down it almost kind of runs into them Mm-hmm. So this plane crash lands and it lights on fire. And inside is a German soldier. Um, so the guys go in to help because they don't. I mean, he's still alive, and they right. don't want this guy to just burn to death. Like he's just, you know. It's, and it's at not that the right point, to do right. And at that point, they're not one hundred percent sure if he is German. Um. So yeah. So they. No, they would have known from the plane. Oh yeah, that's true. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they would have known from the no, they would have known from the plane. So yeah. they just they just saw a man who was going to burn to death, and they mm-hmm. chose not to let him burn to death. Is really mm-hmm. what it came down to. Right. So they pulled him out of the plane. Well, the guy maybe he's just disoriented. Maybe he just felt like he was going to get attacked. Who knows? It's not explained um, because you don't actually see it. You just kind of all of a sudden there's a scuffle. And... No, you do see it. Well, you don't see it happen, but you do see him pull the knife out of him. Right, um, but you don't see how it started. No. That's kind of what I was saying. So mm-hmm. Lance Corporal Schofield turns around, and that's when he realizes that Lance Corporal Blake and this pilot are in a fight. Because yeah. Blake is, like, screaming, no, no, don't do it, stop. Right. Like, I'm, you know. And that's when he gets stabbed, and uh, Schofield shoots the German soldier um, and kills mm-hmm. him. But by the time he does that, it's too late for right. Corporal Blake. Um, and so he ends up perishing right there. And it's yeah. just like nothing he can do. And he's still got to do this task. Like, he's still he's still got to get to the other line of soldiers and, you know, yeah. and talk also, to really quick, Blake's I've, brothers over there. Yeah, I realize I've been calling them lieutenant and I need to correct myself because they are not. They are Lance Corporal. Uh, sorry so yes no, it's okay don't yell at me <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> um yeah i just realized i don't know why i was calling them that but anyways um because it starts with an l and yeah just, and you and my, i are not very good at at military rankings obviously not just kidding 
<laughs> um, Actually, kind of a quick funny story. Mm-hmm. So, um, my my younger brother, who was in the Marines, he went, you know, and finished his boot camp. So we all went out there as family, extended family, to go see him graduate. Mm-hmm. And so they have Marines going around handing out pamphlets, you know, brochures to everybody in the stands. And so I had heard my uncle Bill, who's a former Marine column staff sergeant and everything and um so my dad was not paying attention and my dad calls him sergeant to get his attention because my dad didn't get a pamphlet Mm -hmm. and the the marine turns around he goes staff sergeant my dad goes sorry staff sergeant (laughs) (laughs) dad just kidding (laughs) he's a staff sergeant didn't you not were you not listening and paying attention i heard it (laughs) where's your pamphlet (laughs) right it was so great my dad calls him the sergeant and then the staff sergeant very marine-like corrected my dad Mm -hmm. and my dad served in the army and my dad's like oh god That's funny. <laughs> Anyways, so oh. it happens to everybody. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Um, but oh, so really, another thing just about like the location and the um, like setup of the like sets. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yes. so generally, you build a set and then you make the movie around the set. So that's generally how most movies are done. This one was done because, again, it is that continuous and, you know, shot. Um, They had to build the set around the movie. So they had to plan out where everything was going to be. They had to stop and then then build your set. (laughs) Um, So, like... You couldn't just build it, set it up, and, and call it good and, and all of that because sometimes, you know, whether things just didn't pan out, you know. Right. And so they also used a lot of models before they actually set up their set. So they basically had a miniature, like, model set of the entire movie, like, set up so they knew where everything was going to go. <laughs> so a lot of i mean i'm i i know and i'm sure a lot of planning and everything you know goes into every single movie that is built or made right. because that's just how it is you're literally creating a whole other world yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> within our modern world especially if you're doing war from you know world war 1 <laughs> mm-hmm. and um it was just, so there's a scene, so again, to kind of go back to the scene where the bridge is broken and he's crossing from the bridge and that's where he gets shot at for like the first time. Um, mm-hmm. It's really funny because they went around and they were trying to find a canal that they could use. And they were looking and looking, they thought they found one, but it wasn't going to quite work out because it wasn't exactly like what they had envisioned. So they the the location where they finally found that um canal to to shoot that scene um it's really funny when you watch them um like from a behind the scene because you're you're getting all the background um like scene you're getting like the modern buildings you're getting the like you know so everything weird. that you wouldn't see during World War One, <laughs> right? And, so you have like these people dressed up in period costume, and then there's like yeah. normal shit behind them. Right. Like, and then when you see the final shot, you know that's when they they go in and they do their thing. They do their movie magic, and they make it seem like he's out in the middle of nowhere, you know, near this town, and and that's you know completely like in rubbles and shambles and everything and you're like but wait you were just in front of these other buildings like that is so it was just it was really interesting watching him as he was going through his scene and you still have like a normal background in the background That's so crazy. <laughs> um but they also for the score for the movie um they also were able to use the music a lot throughout the movie instead of making the movie and then handing the movie over to mm-hmm. you know the um the composer to do his thing. Oh. <laughs> um right. and so the composer for this 
um, film. His name is Tommy Newman. Um, he did the score for the movie, and it was again really interesting just watching them have this full on like basically orchestra just doing their thing where their music was made along with the movie so there were often times where they were able to play the music as they were shooting a scene which that's insane insane (laughs) that's crazy i didn't even hear about that that's crazy yeah so i've heard that there's actually more music than people realize in this film oh yeah it's just like it's done so well that it blends and you just don't like oh yeah yeah there is a part so actually to kind of go back to the barn scene um there's a part where you know the composer was talking and he was saying you know he goes when that plane is coming down he's like we had to like you hear it like if you go back and you rewatch it you're like oh yeah like you do hear the music and it is kind of like adding to that effect of this plane coming at them (laughs) you know and yeah, it's really, um, really interesting how they did that, and it was really cool. Um, and also, fun fact: when uh, Richard Madden, who played uh, Joseph Blake, um, uh-huh. the Lance brother, Corporal's Blake, yeah, his brother. Yeah. So when uh, Schofield finally gets to where he needs to be, he's able to meet up with, you know, um, Blake's brother, and mm-hmm. give him, let him know like what happened to his brother and all of that. That whole scene right there is Richard Richard Madden's um that scene was done in the first take. So oh. that is it. Yeah. That's so crazy. That is that's it. <laughs> that's all that's they awesome. needed. And he did <laughs> a fantastic job. Uh, I just thought that was really interesting because he shows, I mean, there's so much emotion. I mean, he's only on there for oh, yeah. like less than five minutes, like maybe five minutes, you know? And that. I don't even know if it's that long. No. And, and you're like, oh my God, like, I want to cry. Like when he tells him, you know, is, is, has Schofield's getting ready to walk away and then he comes back and he's like, you know, tells him, you know, I want to write to your mother because, you know, uh, Blake mm-hmm. had asked him like, you know, please write to my mom, like tell her I wasn't afraid, right. you know, and all this and that. And, you know, it's like, you see the emotion where, I mean, yeah, it makes sense because obviously it's his brother, but at the same time, you're like, Oh my God, like you just came on scene. Like, I don't I know. know you. <laughs> I well, have... The other thing too is, I mean, on the other side of that, you've got George McKay, who's, you know, Schofield, who's talking right. to him. And he's got to be able to do his stuff right, too. And yes. so to have the two of them be able to deliver it as well as they did is, um, the, yeah, it's really impressive. And one of the things I did want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, Colonel McKenzie, which is Benedict Cumberbatch's yes. character. Colonel McKenzie, you know, when Schofield first sees him, because he finally makes it there, mm-hmm. um, when he talks to him, he, you know, he has to convince Mackenzie that he's got to stop and he's got to pull the troops back. Right. And one of the things Mackenzie kind of talks about, he goes, great, so I'll pull him back today, but, you know, guess we're going to be back at it tomorrow. Like, what difference does it make? They're going right. to die today, tomorrow, next week, the week from now. Right. Like, sure, like, okay, I guess so we'll you pull them back today one. so they can live for another <laughs> week. Like, right. And it was one of those things you're like, man, if you've been stuck in that war for as long as they have. Mm-hmm. You know, I can kind of see his point where it's like, like, okay, well, we saved him for today, but what's coming around the corner? Right. You know? And um, it was just kind of really interesting. And the other thing, too, I did want to talk about that is the infamous running scene. Um, yes, yes, of yes. Him, of Schofield. So he gets, he realizes he's come across uh, D Company, which mm-hmm. is the company he's supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. But the was like a third wave was sitting singing in the forest. Uh, second they were the second wave. Sec- oh they're the second wave so the yeah. first wave they said oh no they've probably gone by now and so they hadn't like, oh. but sorry but they're about to yeah, yeah. But they were about to like yeah. he had minutes maybe. oh yeah minutes <laughs> and so he's running and first he because he ends up in the trenches at first mm-hmm. and then he realizes that the fastest way for him to get to where he needs to get to to get to um corporal mckenzie mm-hmm. 
is, or Colonel McKenzie, sorry, Colonel McKenzie, yeah. the best way to get to Colonel McKenzie is to actually get out of the trenches and run yes. above ground yeah. while the Germans are shooting and while the British are shooting. And mm-hmm. uh, so his best and bet is to run. And hope you don't get shot. <laughs> and hope you don't get shot. And so I, from what I know, there's like once, once or twice he makes a tumble. Mm-hmm. It's just once. No, twice. Uh, one of the guys, was it twice? Okay. Yeah. But I know one of them, he got hit by another mm-hmm. soldier, like ran into him. And yeah. I had read or seen, I think it was, I had seen that he wasn't supposed to get run into. No. <laughs> and he Completely was told, accidental. keep running. <laughs> yeah, you keep running. Doesn't matter. You're just going to keep running until you get to your point where you're supposed to jump down. Mm-hmm. And the camera was going to keep moving at the same pace, regardless mm-hmm. of how fast he was running. And I was like, and that whole scene, oh, I'm just talking about it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like, it is... it's so intense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's weird to say but that's my favorite scene i love that scene i love how because okay so the movie is is dark and i don't just mean story-wise it's dark in the sense of there's just dark and gloomy and it's just Mm -hmm. it's not a good time (laughs) you know and when they when he comes up and out of those trenches i feel is when cuz everything like the color of the grass the sky everything is so bright everything is so mm-hmm. vibrant and i mean even the color of his eyes i was telling my husband last night as we were watching it i was like his eyes look so blue in this scene like it's crazy yeah. And it's just, and then you see, you know, yeah, like you were saying, they have the bombs going off. They have everybody shooting. It's chaos, utter chaos. And he just has, in his mind, I have to get from here to here. And this is where it's at. And and nothing right. is going to stop him. <laughs> right. And from he's getting running there. perpendicular to everybody else. Yes. <laughs> so it's everyone's running. Because he know, realizes. Fight, and he's running perpendicular <clears throat> to him. So they're. Like yeah. cross hatching in front and behind him yep. and mortars going off and oh my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. It's yeah. 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 <laughs> it's in that it's um yes, it's an amazing scene though. That is that has to be my favorite scene. One of my favorite scenes out of the whole movie. Um I my think- uh, mm-hmm. The other one, I was going to say for me, the other one is actually when they're in the German side, right when they first start mm-hmm. and they're underground and they see the trip wires and everything oh yeah yeah yeah. and the rats yes and so they're like oh it's fine and then they're like oh god oh god and then the rat causes the trip wire to hit right and that whole scene when they're trying to get out of there it's so intense and so good very That's intense my favorite scene yes i don't know what your favorite one was oh <laughs> uh, my other one was when they were walking through the um cherry orchards and he sees yes. that you know they all been cut and he's like well mm-hmm. that you know and then uh lance corporal uh Right, Lance Corporal. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yep. Blake. Lance Corporal. He talks about you know his mom, like they have cherry trees, and you know and he mm-hmm. starts naming off all the different cherries. You know, he's like everybody thinks there's only one kind. He's like, but there's a bunch, you know, right. <laughs> and and Schofield's kind of like, how do you know this? <laughs> like right, he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, and then you know, and he's like, yeah, but they're all gonna die, and he's like, no, he's like they'll bloom and they'll make you know way more trees than what there was here and stuff and i i just i don't know i love that moment it's kind of a wholesome moment between the two of them you kind of see a little more uh person like personality it's, personal like it's a it's personal a really, it's a really moment. hopeful scene yeah it's and then it's really sad Schofield's looking at it and seeing it as they're all broken down trees that are busted right. and blake's like oh no they'll they'll be more right like we didn't actually lose any. You gained trees. Even right. though these ones got cut down, we probably gained trees and there'll be more trees. Exactly. And it's this really kind of, you kind of see the difference between the two because mm-hmm. um, Blake is this inherently hopeful person. And then right. you've got Schofield. But he's not really a hopeful, he's very realistic. Right. And like even at one point he goes, why the hell did you choose me? And he goes, you were just there. Like, right. just, like, like I didn't know what I was choosing you for. I didn't know what I was choosing you for. Well, and you also have to understand that Schofield has been been there for a while now Blake Mm -hmm. is fairly new like he hasn't been in this war as long as Schofield has because Schofield has already won a ribbon and to him it was kind of like he like 
didn't really care for it. He did it. It wasn't ribbon. Yeah, it was ribbon and tin. And like, what do I care? You know, whereas Blake was like, why? Like when he finds out that he gave it away, he's like, why? Mm -hmm. And for wine, (laughs) you know? And And he's like, it was a piece of ribbon and a bit of tin. He goes, what the hell do I have any use for it? Yeah. And he's like, but you earned it. And he goes, yeah, but like people still died. Like, right. Like this, that doesn't solve what's going on. Yeah. That doesn't and then, fix anything. Right. Because he was like, well, you could have given it to your family. And he was like, but why? Like, I yeah. I, 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 still have to come back out here. Like, I can't stay right. home. Like, I can't stay, you know. And anyways, yeah. So you do see a big difference in them. You see one who's been in the trenches for a while. And you see mm-hmm. somebody who is new and they're full of hope. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about that. Just kidding. <laughs> well, because and even when he, um, when Schofield goes to uh, Colonel McKenzie, and even Colonel McKenzie's like, you know, I had hoped today would be a good day, you know, but he's mm-hmm. like, hope is a dangerous thing, you know. Cause... Yeah, and it's almost like, you know, Schofield and McKenzie are kind of kindred spirits, and really the only way that Schofield made mm-hmm. it all the way there is to honor Blake. Exactly. Like, Blake was still his friend, and he's like, no, I'm going to finish this, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to Ex- help save Blake's brother, and now exactly. that, you know, well, yeah, now that this family's already lost one son, let's mm-hmm. not have him lose both. Right. Because, like, you had mentioned earlier about the French woman, you know, he meets the French woman, she has a child, it's not her child, you no. know, um, and, and, you know, she's asking him to stay, and, and you can kind of see that he kind of wants to, but then at the same time, he's like, I, I have to go. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. I have a job to do and I got to mm-hmm. go, even though, you know, yeah, she's, you know, she's there with this child. You know, he happens to have milk on hand, you know, right, from the barn. From the, barn the whole barn. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, nope. And then he gives her all his, his food, stuff. He just yeah, gives her everything. food, all the food he's got. He's got her milk and everything and yeah. hopes that maybe this maybe this will help you know right. maybe if i can help this one poor woman who decided to take on this baby on her own who's ever you know yes you know in this decimated town i mean this town there's nothing left but rubble right so and she's hiding yeah so you know clearly this poor young woman has taken upon herself to care for this baby so probably doesn't have a family anymore right so interesting thing um so the writer had kind of mentioned sam mendez he mentioned about this scene um, because mm-hmm. in an interview, he was asked why he wrote that scene in, you know, cause it, it's a, I don't want to say an odd scene, but it, you know, it, it's kind of, it almost doesn't fit. Right. Almost doesn't fit. So he was saying that at the time, him and his wife had just had a child. So they had a baby mm-hmm. and he was like, for whatever reason, writing this, I just, you know, He's like, maybe it was because of what I was going through, you know, being um, a parent, you know, and then realizing, you know, people had children during this time. People had babies during this time. And sometimes they got caught up in not sometimes they did. They got caught up in the middle of this war, you know, whether they wanted it or not, you know, (laughs) and um, and the fact that they were in this town, this little town that is absolutely demolished you know he's like you realize that some people like they had to survive you know and yeah and so he was saying you know, he's like I'm not sure if it's because you know I was going through and I had just had my own child you know but he felt really compelled to write a story um about this woman with this child who's not even hers and you know and he stated he stated that you know the baby you know doesn't know that it's in a movie (laughs) you know right he's like but the way that this baby acted (laughs) um yeah was so perfect for the scene you know Mm -hmm. and and everything where they have no idea what they're doing. They just know that they're with this person, <laughs> you know, right. and, and, and they don't understand what's going on. But he said everything about that scene was done so perfectly down to how the baby like was acting, if you will. <laughs> um, right. And stuff. But yeah, so he, yeah, that I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, they were 
and because yeah at one point I was kind of like oh that's kind of odd you run into a woman and a baby but okay <laughs> but at the same time you know he said he goes this was a town it was a town people lived here people shopped here you know he's like you see mm-hmm. where you know an old shop of like a tobacco shop was at you see where an old bakery was at you know like this was right. people's homes and stuff and yeah. um uh just to give a really quick like I guess last little like fact over mm-hmm. um so that scene in the coast where you see the church is burning. Yes. So the lighting rig <clears throat> used for the burning church was about five stories high and Ooh. consisted of 2,000 1K tungsten lamps, a total of two megawatts. Two oh God. megawatts. <laughs> like, that is insane. So it was one if not the largest lighting rigs ever built for a film that's so crazy it says according to uh director sam mendez uh the burning church was the largest rig ever created by his uh dp uh roger deacons 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 uh-huh. um i'm not sure but that's okay yeah so it says this myriad of lights was transformed into a blazing inferno by visual effects in post, but to light up that entire scene, there were no lights other than flares. So that whole scene when he's in Acoust is is lit up by flares on um wires, like wires to to keep the the light like over the light the where they needed it. Yeah. And then what's even crazier is so earlier I had mentioned that they had models, right? So they had all these little right. models like built up. So before they did that scene, they played with it in that model to see where exactly each light needed to go, where each flare needed to be to get the right light up throughout that That's whole bonkers. scene. <laughs> so <That's> yeah. So <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that was amazing um, because again, that scene is is really intense because that's where he comes across like the enemy like that's where he first is shot at that's where he falls back on the stairs as he's Mm -hmm. um you know he has enters into that blackout um right and then he's being chased through that whole little town you know and and stuff and so it's and then you're when you think about it, like it's nighttime, like you're running at night. Oh. And the only reason why you have lights is because of flares and fires and gunfire. And, you know, like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like there's that's, no yeah. street lights. There's no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways, I thought that was really interesting. Um, like I said, I mean, I could probably go on and on more about this, but this film had so much to it to make it what it was and I think everybody down to every little detail was absolutely amazing and they wanted to keep Mm -hmm. it like as authentic as possible um but the and I just love the fact that this whole story even though it's not exactly down to a t but a lot of the story came from his own grandfather's like experiences of being right a messenger that had to go from post to post carrying these messages <laughs> and the it's fact that scary thing you're like oh <laughs> you're you're just you're out there you've got your your rifle and you gotta run mm-hmm. that's your job yeah. your job you is run. to run <laughs> that's your job it's yeah. your whole job and you're like uh don't cool. want that job <laughs> Right. <laughs> Can I have a different job? <laughs> right? Kidding. I didn't sign up for this bullshit. <laughs> Just because I'm 5'4", like, like no, literally, that's that the was... Other thing. That's the other thing. Like, how'd you get picked for your job? Oh, I'm small. Right. Like... <laughs> I'm one of the small ones. <laughs> but, so yeah. Crazy. So, anyways, I thought it was really cool. I know we didn't talk a whole, whole lot about the movie, but I just, I, in... One of the first things, like, my kids really enjoy, they really like watching, especially my oldest, he really likes watching a lot of behind the scenes, like, how the movie was made and all that stuff, which I think Mm. is really cool. And so he was actually the one that, like, put it on first after we had watched the movie um, when we first got it. And, yeah, I mean, you don't, because you have um, an option to, like, play all of the 
like special features like all at once right um and so yeah we literally after just you know spending like two hours watching the movie we just spent like another hour a little over an hour watching all the you know special features and it's like oh my gosh like that's crazy or it's like yeah I remember that scene or that's how they did that you know it's like Mm -hmm. that's kind of stuff I do my husband's always like didn't you just watch this movie and I was like I know but this is all the interesting stuff too yeah but it's yeah and it was this movie just the way that they did it just blew my mind and I just thought it was really cool because yeah like they said nothing repeats in this movie like there's no going back it's like once he's once he is at his end like where he's mm-hmm. supposed to be he stays there he's there he doesn't go back you don't see him go back he sits down under a tree and um that's it that's the movie <laughs> i think what's crazy is like it started out with him sitting under a tree mm-hmm. and then when you see him at the end sitting yeah. under the tree it's not the same tree no and you know and it's but it still has that same like feeling Feel. yeah and, and that's yeah it's it's that like almost it's a complete circle except he ran in a straight line right <laughs> yeah i believe they said that the uh that the director wanted to make it kind of like a bookend in a way yeah. um mm-hmm. so it just yeah start to finish and there you go <laughs> um but i think this is one of my favorite like war movies if you will i don't know if that's the right word for it but it is yeah um i really i guess it's intense it's so intense because you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh like throughout the whole thing you know from start Mm -hmm. to finish it's just this you know i mean it's war you know it's this constant you know state of yeah it's fear and panic and you're like oh my god he's gonna get you know especially yeah especially when they do first go into the mine or into the trenches on the german side and Mm -hmm. you know they do get hit with that tripped wire because of the stupid rat you know right Um, because they were told before they ran over they're like oh you need to go over there like yeah but the germans are there and they're like no they're gone yeah like are they though (laughs) like they kind of have this like like, they said they're gone yeah but do we really believe them so they jumped down to like the german trenches and like everyone's holding their breath and they're like oh my god they really are gone right but like barely gone Right. So wasn't there like still, there was like, coals. smoke, yep. coals, hot coals, yep. like that? Yeah. Yeah. So they hadn't been gone that long. And even when he gets picked up um, after the barn scene, you know, because he does get picked up, he does, you know, in a in a vehicle with other um, mm-hmm. other soldiers and stuff. And even they're saying like, I don't know, like how, like we may even, you know, catch up to them because they can't have been gone like that long, you know, like they right. just left. Um, and I believe in reading a little bit about the history of World War One, they did say that, you know, yeah, when the Germans did, um, like, retreat, did leave, they did intentionally uh, set up their trenches with booby traps. <laughs> um, Which honestly doesn't shock me. No. Um, to me, if, I mean, to be honest, if I was commander of a post right. and we had to leave... I right. probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because you because part of it is you're bound to leave something behind that's probably important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you try not to, but you know, Lord well, knows also it's still war. So even though you're not it's there, their thing is still mm-hmm. like to kill as many people as possible. You know, it's like I'm not yeah. gonna let them like it's not a walk through the park. <laughs> you know, right. other <laughs> in other words, and um, and then too, I did um in reading a little bit um on like imdb there was somebody who had stated who had stated that they feel like the rat situation um in the trenches was kind of like a foreshadowing of um lance corporal corporal blake's um death in a way uh because they hesitated on killing the rat um, oh. and he even mentioned, you know, I should have just shot him like when I had the chance, <laughs> you right. know, cause you know, he caused the wire, the trip wire to, to trip and you know, what's his mm-hmm. name? Uh, Schofield. Like I was like, oh my God, there's no way that he's dead. Like that's too early. Like, you right. know, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's too soon. Too yes. soon. I mean, even the bar scene, barn scene was like too soon for me. And I was like, no, oh, yeah. like what the heck they just started, you know? And yeah. Um, so yeah, because you know, again, when when that happens with the plane, when the plane comes down, you know, again, there's still people, like they're still human. They still are, 
you know, even though this is a possible, like, enemy, it is an enemy, you know, they still try to save him. They don't let him burn in the plane, you know? No. But again, you're in a war. No good deed. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I'm not saying, like, oh, you know, just because you're in a war, you kill them all. But I'm just saying, like, you're in a war and, and, and these, you know, like... And yeah, like you said earlier, you're not sure if maybe the the pilot was, you know, disorientated or if he was purposely like, oh, I know who you are and and we're supposed to kill you, you know, like you don't know that because you don't see it, like you said. So you don't know what happened other than he gets stabbed, you know, and then Mm -hmm. after he gets stabbed, that's when Schofield, you know, goes and shoots him and stuff, you know, and 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 so it's just kind of uh, they felt like it was a little foreshadowing in that area with the trenches and everything so i could see that but yeah um good movie i don't know I love it is a good movie. movie it's a great and movie. i recommend people go out there and watch it um it's definitely worth the watch definitely um it's it is it's really good uh i don't i mean unfortunately it's not in theaters anymore which is yeah. really where i'd recommend you see it but i know um if not find a friend with a really big tv or if you have a big tv <laughs> watch on that watch um, it and if yeah, you do sure. if your tv has 4k option i know you can rent the movie in 4k on amazon which i yeah. highly recommend because it and on is amazon, a beautiful I, movie. it is so on amazon if i remember correctly when i bought it because i was like i hemmed it on between because i'd already seen it so i was like mm-hmm. well do i want to rent it or buy it and i was like you know what i'll just buy it so i have it yeah um there was no price difference between SD and HD, and we right. have a 4K HD TV, so I went and got the HD version because, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way to do it. It's and good. this is definitely a film built for that. Like, there's yes. some films you watch and you're like, oh, I see all of the mistakes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably should yeah, have offered so it in this. this. <laughs> right. So, um, Anyways, this one is, you know, available for all that. Um, yes. We are continuing our month of May. We're doing military movies for May uh, because, you know, Memorial Weekend is at the end of this month. So mm-hmm. our next military movie is 13 Hours, and we'll be discussing that next week. Um, after that, we're doing Black Hawk Down and then Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. So that means we have covered the First World War, the Second World War, um, the Gulf War, and then yes. um, 13 Hours really is more of a a single battle it's a little bit different than the normal one so we'll right. discuss more of that next week mm-hmm. um i want to thank you guys for joining us for this one it's really an impressive movie it's impressive not only just like how it was filmed but the story and everything mm-hmm. else and um i mean talking like everything down to costuming and set and all yes. that this is a very well done movie mm-hmm. um we encourage you to go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram at Oi with the Coffee Already. We're also on Facebook with Oi with the Coffee Already. Our website is thecaffeinatedbesties.com and we are also on Patreon and mm-hmm. you can find us on that. We'll have a link for that if you are so inclined. Um, maybe we'll do something extra for this. We'll see. We'll see what mm-hmm. we can do because I know Serena could probably talk more about this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then where can people listen to us, Serena? So you can find us on Spotify, um, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, and mm-hmm. Google Podcasts Amazon. and Amazon Podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Awesome. No, it's okay. I know. I'm, I'm like trying to make sure I got okay. them all. <laughs> Counting on your fingers. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, so we just want to thank you guys for joining us this week. We hope you're we hope you're going to enjoy this month. Uh, we're yes. actually really looking forward to this month. I've been looking forward to this month. Yes. Uh, it's it's intense watching all these military movies, but I think they're all worth the watch and they're all kind of important to watch. So definitely. Um, anyways, we hope yep. to I hope you guys tune in next week and we catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.